Hey everybody, Matt here. Before we get started with today's episode, I just have a small disclaimer. Today we are talking to a former cast member, Sharif, a longtime listener of our show, one of Casey's good friends, and uh, he is, he uh, gives us some kind of behind-the-scenes uh, secrets and other stuff like that. So we're, we, we want to put this disclaimer at the front because um, if there's anyone listening that doesn't want the magic or anything uh, broken for them... Uh, uh, this may be an episode to skip. So it's a really fun one. We're really excited about it, but we just wanted to give the disclaimer uh, at the front end of it. So, all right, on with the show. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. We are a proud member of the Sorcerer Network. If you've not checked out our website, www.sorcererenetwork.com, you are missing out because all of our shows are there uh, in, in categorized order. So definitely give us a look and check us out. My name's Casey. And my name is Matt. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this episode. It's been a while since we've had a guest on. It has been. I think it's been quite a bit, actually. I, I can't remember the last time we had a guest on. Uh, I think the last time we had a guest on was Chris for, um, uh, I don't know, uh, Discontinued Disney, I think. It was, it was, oh, yeah, yeah. It was probably, it was probably our time. synergy for the Sorcerer Network that we... <laughs> Sorcerer Network, yeah. <laughs> so in today's episode, we actually have on, I'm going to call this the OG original listener, because I think... I'm so excited because Sharif, uh, who has been on the, uh, who's been a listener of ours, literally since the very beginning, I, I, I would say, right, Sharif? Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. Very good. So I have known Sharif um, going on maybe four years, three and a half years, I'd say. Um, we met back in. Uh, I had known him before this, like through work, but we met for the first time. Um, in, in October of 2019 at a leadership conference for the company that we both worked for. And, and, and we just kind of struck up a friendship. And, and from that point forward, we've been friends ever since. It's kind of been kind of cool, right? It's been kind of crazy because I think even that day we actually talked about Disney. We did. We did. We were a, a, a little, a little intoxicated. I, I, I think that, just a bit. I think that <laughs> politely puts it out there. Just a little. I mean, when the company is providing the alcohol, I mean, why not, right? I so would honestly, the hotel rooms. Yes. I would be more concerned if the company was providing alcohol and you weren't a little bit yes, intoxicated. Yes. So this was the company, it was a leadership conference. It was a day conference, and we had our first day. And then the, the company provided, it was like a game night. It was like a, a poker night or a casino night. And so it was all the alcohol you could drink. And it was, they provided us chips and there were prizes and all this stuff. And, and yeah, we, we met outside and, and we struck up a conversation about Disney at that point. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We were just, it was weird because you were doing the training for the company. Yep. So I ended up talking to you ironically through like the training and the podcast that you were running. And then I was outside and I saw you and I recognized the voice. I was like, oh, you must be Casey. Yeah. And we started talking and then it just kept going and going. And before I knew it, we'd been talking for God knows, like most of the night. Yeah. Be before the the Beers and Ears podcast, my, my very first podcast was actually a company podcast, Matt. It was called The Art of the Selling Manager. Ooh. And, and it was all about training uh managers who were also selling on the sales floor uh how to do both time management and all these various things it was very much a structured podcast but it, it was um it was my first that's how i learned to do a lot of what we do on this show now is because i did now, it with that now can i ask because okay there's there's levels of disney fandom 
where you have the people that are like, okay, you know, I, I like Disney, I love Disney, and then you have us that are in this next level here. But whenever I meet somebody that says they love Disney, it is this dance of, okay, are they as into it as I am? Like, do they know of all of the secrets that I know? And so this this awkward dance, was, was did that happen with you all? Or is this just me that experiences this? I, I think I was testing him out. I was at first. Um, I don't know if he was doing it to me because again, he didn't know me as much, but I think I was testing out like, 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 you know, it, does he know the parks? Is he just saying he's a Disney fan that, you know, whatever. But as soon as he told me he was a cast member, it was like, oh, it's over. Like, <laughs> like that's true. I guess the cast member thing kind of gives it away. Yeah, I mean, once you, once you tell me you're a cast member, it's like, well, clearly it, 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 then when he told me he was a Disney world cast member, Walt Disney world cast member, I'm like, well, he trumps me. Cause I mean, like in the level of cast, there's like, you know, Disney store and then Walt Disney World like trumps that like like that that's like higher level and then like Imagineer goes above that like that, that's like, my hierarchy of of cast members there. So um, Sharif, let's start here. Um, tell me, how did you get into Disney? Not not Disney as a cast member. Like, what was your first interest like that sparked your interest uh, interest in Disney? So I'm about the same age as you guys. So. You know, I grew up with the classic movies like Aladdin, Lion King, and all that. And growing up, we didn't really go to the movies very often. It was just, there were four of us. We didn't go do a lot of things. We hung out, we played, whatever. But if we went to the movies, it was more of like a special thing because we it was a lot of work on top of just being crazy expensive, I'm sure. Um, and I remember we went to watch Aladdin. And that was the first time like I watched something where, one, it was great and I loved it. But that was the first time I actually watched something where I was like, Oh, they're like they're like me, because up to that point, there's like nothing else. Yeah. If there is, it's usually terrorist number one, terrorist number two, terrorist number three, and they all get expl- <laughs> they all explode. So like that was it. So it was pretty cool to see that. And from that point on, I was like, I, I like Disney. I was paying attention to it more, but I wasn't really like insane about it until I actually started working for the parks. I was still a fan. And then I got the opportunity to go work at the parks. I took it because I was just like, you know what? If I don't go do something now, I'm just going to get stuck at this dead end job. I need to just completely change everything. So now I moved down there, and that's what happened. We're talking. You were you were not DCP, so DCP Disney College Program. Like you wanted to be or something, but you ended up actually being a full time cast member, right? So I was. I ended up becoming CP while I was down there. So. Basically, I, I went down there with the intent of finding a job, working, and then I ultimately met somebody. They got me into the program, and then that's where I was able to find basically housing and the job itself. But I just kind of went down there like, I need to find a place to live now, and I need a job, and I got to figure this stuff out. Because I was young and stupid enough to think that was a good idea. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's stupid, but I, I mean, definitely, definitely not as planned out as it could have been, but it worked out. I mean, it, it, it worked out there, right? I feel right. like we've, we've all done something in our lives, young yeah. and old, uh, that we've probably been like, that maybe wasn't the smartest idea. Yeah. Yep. So before we dive into your life as a cast member, I, I, I have to, there's an elephant that's not in the room, but I want to make sure we address it. And that is your son, Aiden, who <laughs> is an absolute, like, like absolute firebrand for us. Like he absolutely loves the beers and ears podcast. Um, is he like jealous that you're on the show right now? He is super excited that I'm on the show. Yeah. He's absolutely like, I'm the cool dad right now for the next 
15, 20 minutes that he actually listens to this. <laughs> and beyond that, like, he's just, <laughs> I'll go back to being the dad that's kind of annoying and telling him to get off his video games. But, like, he was super excited about this. Like, when I, I when you texted me and asked me if I wanted to be on the show, I let him know, and he's like, you have to do it. You have to do it. No, you have to. No. Oh, my God. Really? Cool. Like, you two are celebrities to him. Like, <laughs> I love it. I, well, I, 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 I texted you before uh, before we said it, if, if he was there to be able to say hi to him, but you said he's at his mom's. Um, you, did you want to try to get him on FaceTime real quick? Yeah, let me see if hi. I can. All right. We're going to see if we can say hi to Aiden real quick. I, I, this would be really cool. Okay. And not only... Oh, go ahead. No, go. So you're you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, I'm, he's I'm, a huge, huge fan of your podcast. Discontinued. Like that's his nighttime ritual at this point. Oh, wonderful! I'm I'm happy that the he's gotten over into the discontinued. That one's that one's fun in a different way. Why are you wearing my headset? Because I'm on the podcast. I you can't hear us. He's got the headset on. Hi, you can't hear us, but that's okay. He's got him on Facetime. That is hilarious. <laughs> Hello. What are you doing? He's showing me his hamster now. Uh, okay. All right. Well, uh, anyway, maybe. Tell I'll him talk to you soon, okay? Wait, Daddy. Wait, what? When you're on a FaceTime and the lights are, and you're reflecting off of the, the, the uh, glass, it looks really cool. It does look really cool. Okay, I love you, Habibi. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, he'll love that. He'll get a kick out of that thing. He heard his voice on the podcast. So. All right. Anyway, so let's get into it a little bit. Um, I know a little bit because we were talking, obviously, over, over over Christmas break. But so you get down there, and where do they put you? So when you're when, – well, first of all, talk to, me, talk to us about, like, your accommodations. Like, where were you staying at? Like, what was that like? Sure. So when you first get down there, they assign you an apartment. So there are three, there's more now, but at that time there were three apartments. So there was the Vista Way, that was the older one, that was like the OG one that nobody really wanted to live in because it was old and kind of decrepit. There was Chatham Square, which was the newer one and shiny, and that one had better everything. And then there was the Commons, and that was for the international students. So pretty much anybody that worked at Epcot, the World Showcase, they would stay there and then that one actually had their own guards and like you couldn't go in there unless you walked in with one of them okay so that's actually one of the ones i never actually went into but once you get the job they assign you one of those places and then while you're picking out your accommodations you tell them if you want you know one roommate two three four up to i think seven there's like eight people that can live in one apartment at, at a max and obviously the apartment gets a little bigger and then the more people that are in the apartments, the bigger the apartments, but also the less the rent, because yeah. that just comes right out of your paycheck, too. Yeah. So I think I opted for, like, the most that was available, and we just did two people per room, and that's how you did it. Nice. Okay. That's good. So the, so the, 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 the rent comes out of your paycheck. Do they also pay for your food, or is that something completely different? Nope, that's something completely different. So the rent was paid out of the paychecks, and that would cover you know the utilities also. But okay. there was also a bus service that would take you, that would pick you up, and then take you to whichever park that you needed to go to, or whichever property that you need to work at. So some people worked like downtown Disney, which is not downtown Disney anymore, of course, or wherever else. And there were the bus schedules that would actually take you there. So that was part of it, also. That fe- that's really nice that they do that. I mean, I, I think it's 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 an underestimating, like not having to worry about. Uh, 
did I pay rent this month? I mean, I don't know the amount of times that me and my wife have gone, did we pay our mortgage this month? I think we did. <laughs> um, and just not having to worry about that. And then the transportation aspect of it as well, because I mean, I know we've talked about when going to Disney as a guest, that part of the, you know, part of our upsetness about the uh, Magical Express being taken away is that now it's like, okay, I got to deal with getting a car somehow. And that can, cars are expensive. Somebody just rented one uh, for our trip uh, to Disneyland in in California. I mean, seven days, it's a $600 cost to rent a car. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a a lot of money. and, And then when you're, you know, down there, it's, you know, the insurance on the car and the gas on the car and, Yep. the wear and tear on the car and getting oil changes and all that stuff. So the fact that Disney has its own stuff is uh, it, it, uh, every job has perks and I'm, you know, I'm sure Disney has a lot better perks than this, but still. No, that was definitely one of the better perks, especially since because it was specific to the cast members, we would get, they would drive us over to like the backstage areas of every park or every area. So it wasn't until I went back years later on vacation that I actually went through the front gate and realized like how much of a hassle it is. <laughs> like it's fun. They make it fun. Like the monorail is fun. The, all the other options are fun. Even the bus can be fun. If you, you know, are just excited about it. But I like you... the bus. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. I, like I'm a bus fan. Like, okay, I got to wait a little bit. It always boggles my mind when people are like, Oh, this long line in the bus. I'm like, this is the line you're upset about. Get ready, <laughs> right. bucks, man. Seriously, buddy. Seriously. So, okay, when you're when you're in the, um, I almost like these almost sound like dormitories, but they're not really dormitories. But they kind of have that that feeling to them. Are you housed with people who are similar, like similar schedules as you, similar programs as you, or is it completely random? Do they do any kind of matching at all, or is it just here you go? Is it co-ed? Is it it is pure. The actual apartment itself is all male or all female. Okay. And that's about as far as it went. So my in my apartments, I had someone that was from, I think, Minnesota, South Carolina. One, ironically, was from Michigan, but just complete opposite end, closer to where you guys live, actually. I'm closer to Detroit. He was very close to Chicago. Um, where else? There was, we were just all over the map. and Completely different schedules and everything. Oh, yeah. You guys were like completely. Little- Completely different jobs. One of them worked at uh, Disney Quest. One of them worked at Animal Kingdom. Another one worked at Magic Kingdom with me, but a completely different part of it. Another one, to this day, I'm not 100% sure if he was actually part of the program or if he just kind of found his way in. We (laughs) all hated him anyway, so it didn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I never would have thought hate at Disney. What? (laughs) Oh, yeah. There was just... I mean, there were so many just random things that they would like. So, for example, like there was, you know, the, we had the telephones. And when we first got down there, they're like, you know, they're giving us like little tips. One of the little tips they gave us is like, if you ever answer the phone, make sure you check the receiver first because there might be a lizard there. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Oh, okay. That's a real thing. That's a real conversation. Well, that's that's definitely one of those because you know, we're all we're all Michigan people. There are things we don't have to worry about. So um, I had a friend in college from Louisiana. Uh, you know, near New Orleans. And she told me that when we were in college, she's like, yeah, we have to do running away from gator drills. So like how we in school do tornado drills and, and, and fire drills, they also have to do, they like running through the hallways, practicing how to get rid of, how to like run from a gator. And I'm like, what? That, what? <laughs> that is amazing. You're going to love this then. So 
at the apartment that I was in, there was this man-made pond, just a little lake, and all the apartment buildings were just all around it. So my apartment was completely opposite end. So no matter which direction I went, that was the furthest point out. Well, some group of people, probably a little inebriated, found a baby alligator, threw it in their trunk, put it into the pond. They're protected. So when animal control came out, they saw it was a baby. They couldn't take it out until it hit a certain size because they were afraid of injuring it. So it just lived there. And animal control would just come by every so often, make sure it was fed, make sure it was taken care of. But I'm like, you know, late at night, I'm just getting back from Magic Kingdom at like, you know, 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. I just hear this weird hissing, growling kind of crackly sound. And I'm just quickly walking home just like this is ridiculous this is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> it was like that for months <laughs> that is amazing so wow. so let's before we kind of jump into your duties at the park so let's talk a little bit about like obviously you're working five days a week or more um, more <laughs> yeah so you're so like what kind of like on your downtime what, what did you do? What was available for cast members? That, you know, like, how did that work? Did you, were you friends with a lot of these cast members? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You just made friends over the, over just regular osmosis, people that you worked with or just people that live nearby and then, you know, meet people through people. But on days off, because we were cast members, you can go to any property at any point and we just use the bus systems and then just park hop from there. Um, usually we would just find different things to do. We were, where we were located, we were within an hour and a half of a beach at any point, hour or less usually. And so we would either go to the beaches, go to the parks. Most of the time what I would do is just kind of hang out at the parks, catch up on grocery shopping, little stuff like that. But that was my day. Like I would be sitting on the couch bored and think, I feel like going on rock and roller coaster. And I would just go do that and then just come back. That just sounds was, like an amazing, like, <laughs> like what, a, what a life. Side, like, to be down there and just say, yep, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go get a Dole Whip. Like, like you go and get a Dole Whip from the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Like, like I would go and eat Denny's, like, you know, or something. <laughs> you know, like, it just blows my mind. This is definitely the grass is always greener, like, look. Because I'm sure there were things about your job that were very tough. And, I mean, but the idea that you could just walk into the park whenever you wanted. And, again, because you were, you know, cast member comped, you could just do one thing and go, great. Um, like I know, um, annual pa- I, I listened to a theme park podcast where they annu- they were annual pass holders when that existed, and he was like, "Yeah, I drove to Disneyland to see Dick Van Dyke in a parade. I didn't do anything else. I just uh, th- I I Dick Van Dyke was in a parade, and I wanted to see it. My, my I would first, absolutely do that. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> my first experience, kind of even just getting a glimpse of what Shreve is talking about, was when I went down with my mom mother son trip 2000 i think it was 2017 it might have been 2016 i can't remember it's the year of hurricane matthew and our trip our, our our departure from orlando got delayed by a day which means that i was able to um we, we basically had a half a day extra at the park that wasn't originally planned for and mom didn't want to go to the park she's just like ah, i'm just gonna i'm gonna hang out here and, and and drink coffee by the pool you go it was my first time ever going to a park by myself and i walked in and i'm like I didn't pay for that. <laughs> I, 
I, I'm going to go grab a citrus squirrel and sit down for 20 minutes and just watch people. Like it was the coolest thing ever. Like as a cast member, just being able to just say, yeah, you know, I, this is comped. I'm not, I'm not having to, I'm, I'm not paying the $120 that everybody else around me has to pay right now. So I can do whatever I want and not have to worry about making the most of my time, you know? There is a lot to be said when you don't have to worry about the time frame and getting the most, like Matt, you've brought it up a couple of times and I kind of feel the same way. Like my time is money. Like if I'm going to the park, I need to know that I spent X amount of time doing whatever per hour to make it worth it. Well, when you don't have that and it's just part of the job, like it was a pretty regular thing to just see somebody come into the apartment and just say, Oh, where'd you go? Oh, I got hungry. So I went over to the Brown Derby. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just love that. I, Cause even as cast members in the Disney store, when we go down, even though we had the comp, it was still a trip. Like it well, was still, yeah, yeah, we're, pay, we're paying for know? flights and, yeah. and you know, all this other stuff. Um, and we're also, we also are there for a specific amount of time. So even yeah. though we haven't paid for it, it's, I'm only here for four, five, six days. I have to do everything now. If you live down there, there's, again, there's the, I can go in, do one ride and leave and who cares? Yep. yep. <laughs> now here's the thing. Like if you, whatever park you worked at, that's typically the park that you would not hang out in. Even though like if you, you work, like I worked on Main Street East. That's where I worked. That's where I lived. That's where I hung out. Sometimes I would pick up a shift here and there, but that's, that was my life. That left the entire rest of the park, and I still didn't go traverse around the rest of the park until my family came to visit me, and then we went around and did things. But I was just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm already here now, six you, days a week. Now, well, it makes sense. Would, when you would um, go and, and, and experience it as a guest, what, were you allowed to go in through the backstage entrances, or did you have to go in through the front gate? I always took the backstage entrances. Really? Okay. Always. Okay. Always. I'm wondering so, if that he'll do that or let people do that or that because that was back what in 2002 2003 okay so obviously that was almost 20 years ago so i i i I wonder if they still let people do that or if they make them go through the front gate now yeah so as a cast member i just always went through the back gates for everything and because we had the bus system that would take us to whatever part we wanted to yeah it wouldn't just naturally just drop us off to the back of epcot and i would just go through show them my badge and just move on and then just go through there Wow. Okay. So let's talk a little bit now. You're, you you got your job assignment in terms of, okay, you're leaving your apartment. What does Sharif wakes up in the morning to go to a shift? What, what does that process look like in terms of getting ready, getting and getting to your shift? Like walk me through how that process works. So for magic kingdom, it was a little bit more involved compared to the rest of the parks. So if you worked pretty much at any other park, the bus schedule would be whatever it is. And you just jump on, it would take you to the back gate of it. And then you just walk right in, sign in and move on. With Magic Kingdom, there were extra layers because it's the Magic Kingdom, right? Um, So other parks, you can take your costume home, wash it and bring it in. You can wear it back as long as you're not wearing it outside of where public can see you, right? Um, Magic Kingdom, you had to check it out. You could not take it home no matter what the scenario was. So for me, if I had to go into work, I would usually have to allot an extra hour to an hour and a half of time to get in. So then what that process was is I would take the bus. It would take me to this parking lot. This parking lot, there would be another shuttle that would come in. We would jump on that shuttle after being ID'd again. 
That shuttle would take us to the Utilidors, the tunnels. That would take us to the very back of the park. That's where the entrance of it was. So it'd be behind Fantasyland. We'd go in and we'd directly... So the Utilidor is the second is actually the main floor. So when you're at the Magic Kingdom, that's the second floor. Yep. So we walk in, sign in, and then we go directly over to costuming. You know what, what are your schedule, what you're going to do. So if I was working at, say, the... Um, as the word is eluding me. Somewhere in Main Street East, that's the main costume, that, you know, ugly brown with teal colors. You check out all those pieces, sign out, go to the costuming, change, and then for me, I would walk underneath the castle, straight across, and then when you're underneath the castle, it kind of dips down, because I think it's because of the moat. So you dip down a little bit, go all the way across, come back up the stairs, sign in again to show that you made it to where you're supposed to be, Wow. And then you start your assignment. So that was legitimately an hour to an hour and a half. And if I did not allow myself that much time, I was late, no matter what. And I must imagine those buses, you know, while they one run regularly, if you miss a bus, you got to wait. That just adds to your... Oh, time. it just kills the rest of the day. It kills the rest of the flow. Wow. That is that is a lot of checks of, like, ID. No, I mean, I get it. Like, they don't yeah. want some rando walking backstage but um still like you'd think if you got to the point of like i have my costume on that your id has been checked enough that i okay i'm supposed to be here yeah and honestly if you've gotten to that point and haven't had your like and gotten away with it kudos to you go up there and make some magic (laughs) oh absolutely like you earned it at that stage (laughs) so so the utilidors obviously any like huge Disney fan. And even I would say any, a lot of lay Disney fans know about the utilidors, right? Mm-hmm. So thinking about the layout of the magic kingdom, where are the different entrances to the utilidors? Like, w- like obviously guests aren't allowed back there, but just curious to know, like, are, are there a lot of entrances in terms of like, I know on main street, you said there was, there was a couple, like, where are the different entrances that cast members kind of come up and go down if, if you want to share? Sure. So a lot of this, you can, you can find the maps online if you just Google it real quick. So imagine like a, a wagon wheel, right? Yep. And that's what the Magic Kingdom is, and that's what the Utilidor is. So when you walk in, the main part, the main hub of it is going to be the castle. Yep. And then it splits out into the different lands. And then when you get to those different lands, there's usually three or four different doors that are hidden slightly behind backstage areas. Usually they're going to be like in that Disney green, or you're going to see like some sort of big poster or a sign for something else, but really that's actually just hiding the entrance. Mm. So then you can actually come in and out through those areas. So the door itself is fully backstage, but when you walk out that door, that's also hidden from the, from the guest also. I remember when I was at Hollywood studios, when I was still a cast member and you know, there's a behind the, um, it's in the it's in the courtyard, the Disney Juniors courtyard there behind the meet and greet area. There's um, you know you know where the launch bay is at, Matt. And and yeah 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 yeah. The, yeah. the launch bay, and then right to the right of that, there's like the meet and greet of all the Disney Junior characters. Well, in between the launch bay and where the meet and greet area is, there's a cast member only area. Well, right there, 
as even as a Disney store cast member, I was able to show my ID and go back there and probably not much more than 50 feet, I would say, there's a door. And as soon as you open that door, there's a food court, there's a subway, there's a Dunkin' Donuts, there's a convenience store. And it's literally a cafeteria of cast members eating their food right there, like 50 feet from where guests are getting their picture taken with Darth Vader and, and, and the Disney Junior characters. Just like, it, funny. It, it just It's just weird because the second you walk in, you can just see the cast members have dropped the act they've dropped the shtick if you will and they're just they're just cast members and i would imagine the utilidors are kind of like that too the second they get past that door it's like i can be a person again for a couple of minutes right i could tell you stories that i don't want to ruin people's lives with (laughs) but yes that was absolutely the truth i mean you would see that with characters you would see that with face characters you would see that with any of the cast members and it was pretty regular pretty it was a regular thing. Like we would just smile. Hi, a magical day. Walk back there. <laughs> and then for us, we would just go down the tunnels and it was, it was almost like a decompression because you're going down. It's like you are getting completely away from it. Unlike the rest of the parks where it's just that false door. Yeah. You're going completely down. There is no way any of those guests are going to see you. So then you're just back by the TV room, hanging out, lunch rooms, going to, <laughs> it was the mouse cateria. Even down there. Of course it was. Of course it was. So we would do, you know, there was the Mouseketeria there. There was even like um, a place to get your hair cut, whatever else. So there was like, it was all there. It was fully encompassed. You could just take care of everything that you need to while you're there. Matt and I can relate to that a little bit. I mean, even though it wasn't quite that extreme. I mean, Matt, you know as well as I do, opening that door to the backstage area when you were going to your break and you got past that second door. And the second you walked back there, if you were having a bad day, every cuss word came out of your mouth. It was like, oh, my God. And you were just like cussing out because it is. I mean, it is tough trying to maintain that Disney smiling persona at all times, you know? Well, and some of it is just customer service in general that, you know, you're having to uh, deal with possibly difficult people. um, And, and there are things that you would really, really like to say, but regardless of whether you're working at Disney or at JCPenney or wherever, you cannot say them. (laughs) I know I've said on this podcast before about the getting called the money, honey, money, hungry demon on this podcast before that. I, I got to figure out life. how to get you like an action figure, like a personalized action figure of like a demon just devouring money and gift it to you one Christmas. Yes. Because that that just I, I'm, I, I, I maybe you don't feel this way, but I'm so happy that lives forever online. Right. right. Especially now the store's closed yeah, and no one's really going to see it there anymore. I, I don't know. It does say closed on there now. But yeah, but that's my point is that when you go to those backstage areas, it's just nice to be able to to um to be able to kind of unwind. Now, Sharif, when you and I were talking over uh, when we were at Panera uh, uh, back in December, you had mentioned, and again, I know you didn't want to destroy people's imaginations. So, so I'm going to have you tell one of these stories because I think you told me about about a headless Goofy or something like that. Oh yeah. Okay. So what what happened there? <laughs> so it was one of I think it was my first day down there in the in the tunnel. So you know they're walking us through, they're showing us where everything is, and you know I'm super excited. Like I'm Disney World, I'm in the tunnels. It's gonna be awesome. This is so cool. And we go down there, and then turn the corner. First off, it smells like garbage. Like it just does. So when you when they throw out garbage, they have these giant silo holes. They yep. dump it in there these giant tubes that are vacuumed and they vacuum through the whole utilidor out into a dumpster. So that means it's just running through the entire park to the front entrance where we come out of. 
Yep. So as we're walking in, that's what we're hearing, and that's what we're seeing, and that's what we're smelling. So I'm like all excited. I'm like, I smell garbage. What is going on here? I turn the corner, and then I see like you know those um those racks for garments that just like kind of wheel around, and you got the clothing on there. Yeah. Well, imagine more looking like meat hooks, and on them are just heads oh, of the different characters. <laughs> And someone's just casually just pushing it through, like, get out of my way, da, 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 da. It's like, oh, great, it's a bunch of other kids. And he's pushing it through, and then I see Goofy walking by, and he's just crazy tall, just a pimply kid, essentially. And he's walking, like, following him, like, I need my head. Like, it's, what just happened? <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, we know. Like, we know that someone takes off their head when they get, you know, down. But, but it, until you, but when you like see it, it's another thing. I, I actually have. I have never told this story on the pod. Um, oh uh, so I have been backstage at Disney World in seventh grade, um, and ninth and eleventh when we went down to Disney World and marched in the parades. And so this is my seventh grade trip. Um, I had to be okayed by my parents. To not to get off the bus because seventh grade is like on that cusp of I might still believe that these characters are real. And my parents were like, yeah, no, <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> um, so what I saw was a woman who is in an all black, like leotard, all black clothing, except she has Minnie Mouse's shoes on. Oh, so God. it's it was very funny to me because it was this normal looking person with giant feet. Seventh grade brain says, "I the acceptable sentence to tell my parents is, I saw Minnie Mouse with just her shoes on. My parents then go, uh-oh, where has my son been? <laughs> because they're imagining I walked in on some dressing room and saw, you know, people naked and just, just with shoes. I'm like, no, 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 no. She was like walking around just with Minnie Mouse's shoes. That She was clothed. But uh, my, my parents were very panicked for about 30 seconds when they thought I had walked into some area that I was not supposed to. There's that was some. pretty regular. That was a regular thing. And it was called, we, they were either called sweats or basics. And it was just like, you would check out these plain white or black shirts and just basketball shorts. And then you'd get the rest of the costume. And that's what you wore. You'd sweat in it. And then you'd throw that into the costuming and then move on. Like literally everything was there for you and meant to be checked out. And like, they, and they rotate. So I think you and I had talked about this as well. So, again these are real people inside these costumes whenever there's like a character meet and greet didn't you tell me that there was at least two people like on a shift or three people on a shift so like if there's a mickey mouse meet and greet or a goofy meet and greet there's like two goofies and they just rotate back and forth so when one's on the other one's off and obviously there's the handler but when one's on the other one's off and it's like an every 30 minute thing they swap back and forth kind of thing is that is that what we talked about yeah so it depends on how popular those characters are so like a character like and i apologize to any child that's going what just happened to my life um but if they're Matt, Matt, I think maybe we could probably put a disclaimer at the front of the show. And I may not be a bad idea. Yeah, we can put a disclaimer. <laughs> so then we'll talk offline about some other stories. Uh, <laughs> but so if it's like a Goofy or a Mickey or whatever, right? And they were super popular, you would have them back to back, right? So Goofy would come out, do his thing, wave to people, or really her thing, probably. It's, you don't know. 
yeah. sign the autographs. And then depending on the weather outside, how hot it is, and then whether you're outside or indoors or whatever else, usually maxed out at a half an hour. Okay. If it's a hot day, somewhere closer to like 88 degrees or higher, you've got about 15 minutes. So you're out there for 15 minutes, you're doing your thing. And then, oh, Goofy needs to help Minnie Mouse go find Pluto before Mickey finds out that Pluto escaped. Walk off, the other one pops back out. Okay, we found him, everything's okay. And then do his thing, da 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 Oh no, it looks like Peter Pan lost Tinkerbell. She was trying to find her way back. We're looking for whatever, and then just move on. And then you just got very good at lying to children all day long because <laughs> you had to. It was You had to just make up stories all the time. So like I remember one time a kid was on Main Street and I was walking past and you have to like call this stuff out when you hear it too. And they saw the line where Tinkerbell flies. And asked the dad, like, oh, what's that thing? And the dad's like, oh, that's uh, what they connect Tinkerbell to. Why does Tinkerbell need to be connected? And I just dropped down. I was like, hey, I got a secret to tell you. So it gets really dark, and Tinkerbell sometimes gets lost. So Peter Pan set up that line so then she doesn't get lost. Because when we do the fireworks, it's really hard for her to see. So she just follows that line. That is so cool. That that just that just made my day right there. That is so neat. I mean, that takes us. I mean, think about all the different times we drop down and, and tell the kids something at the store, right? You know, that's what cast members do. They 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 make magic for for their uh, for for the young guests. That's awesome. That was the best part of the job. Like it was, you were rewarded for doing it. And I remember there were a couple times where I, in any other job, any other scenario where you do something like this you're expecting to get in trouble. Like there was a family that came in and I think I told you about this story and it just was downpouring right off the gate. So they walked in and it was a family of four or five, I think, no five, because there was a baby and they were wet. They were muddy. It was clear that they dropped the diaper bag. So that was all messed up. And they were, I'm on Main Street. So I see them walking in this way. I was like, oh, that's not good. So I immediately take them over to the cinema. I set them down. I get them some towels. I get, grab some shirts right off the uh, right off of the rack, and I'm just like, here you go. Throw these on. Here's a bathroom. What does the baby need? And like, they just straight up told me like the whole diaper bag's ruined. And they just got to the parks. So it was their first day. Oh. I said, hold on. I go over to to member services or guest services, and I say, hey, this is what's going on. They're like, well, how old's the baby? I say, well, I don't know, whatever it was. They're like, okay. Seriously, Disney Magic pulls out a diaper bag full with clothing and then throws in a couple extra things, throws in a gift card and said, okay, do you know what resort they're staying in? I'm like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> so I grab the bag. I take it over to the family. They, all the stuff that I gave them, that's theirs now. The diaper bag, which is probably in Disney money, probably around $500. Regular money, probably like 200 So still a lot. Yeah, And it's just, here you go, go have a good time, because that was the mission. Like, when we got trained to work at the Magic Kingdom, they drilled it in our heads. Like, no matter where you work in the parks, it's different at the Magic Kingdom. Because when you work at the Magic Kingdom, you work for Disney. You work at Disney. When people come down there and they say, I'm going to Disney World, they are thinking of that castle. When they are going to Epcot, they're thinking of Epcot. But when they are going down to Disney, they are talking about you and what you are doing. That is the most important aspect. Most of the time when they are coming down and it's their only day, it's their only trip, they're going to see you. So what are you going to do to make a difference? And it just, that was the whole mantra, the entire training. 
that and see that that right there is what I think especially now I mean this is this is 20 years or almost 20 years removed from when you were down there a, a lot of people would describe what you're describing right there as as in a lot of ways the golden era of of what Disney did when it got to that guest service because you were there I mean that was the Lee Cockrell era I mean, he was he was in charge of the parks during that time. And I've mentioned Lee on this podcast before. But for those of you who don't remember who Lee is, Lee was the basically the the, the executive vice president of Walt Disney World Resort. And he ran it for years. He is the one who implemented exactly what Sharif just talked about. He's the one who implemented that. It's all about the guest experience first. Now, granted, Walt. Walt was a big part of that in Disneyland, but this mindset of, of, of Lee's was it's about the guest experience. The reason why you get those feels when you go to Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom, you feel like there's something different was because of Lee. And here we are 20 years later, and a lot of people feel that that's been lost because of budget cuts or, or different leadership or whatever. Those small little touches, they don't happen as often anymore. Well, I, I will say one of the things I appreciate about that story is you were filling a basic need. You know, obviously, you know this with kids. Like, I mean, the diaper bag is your that's your home when you have young kids. You have everything in there. And so not having that was catastrophic. Um, the last time that I went to the parks, um, my wife uh, ended up needing to go to the ER. And um, uh, Disney paid for the ambulance ride and the taxi ride back. And that, that's one of those things where it seems like such a throwaway thing, but yet not having to deal with the cost of that, like having my, our taxi driver on the way back just walk up to the front desk and, be, and get, you know, get paid. And I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have to worry about like, okay, do I tip the guy or all like I, I just not having to worry about that was was just. It, it just it's it's hard to describe what that means and i think that's something that disney does so much better than what anyone else does is i think other companies try to appease you in other ways but disney yeah. actually they meet the need they meet the need cuz yeah. it would have been very acceptable for you to say oh my gosh i'm so sorry here's a gift card and uh here's 50, some fast take, passes take 50 percent off of the the clothing or something right you know yep or disney mm-hmm. still gets something but in this case disney got nothing other than the fact that that guest was happy the rest of their trip and it's a story they will tell the rest of their life you know oh my goodness okay so talk a little bit about what you did so you you talked about Main Street East. So what does that mean? What were you do? What was your what, what was your role? So Main Street East is when you first walk into the parks through the real gates. If you look to the left, that's going to be Main Street West or um, Emporium, right? the other thing. The Emporium. <laughs> the Emporium. Thank you. Me, words not working today. <laughs> the other side, that's Main Street East. So that's going to be from the confectionery, the chateau, the confectionery, all the way up to where Casey's Corner is. And then there's a tip board cart, which is like where the hats are a little bit further down. And that's also part of that, too. So if you work Main Street East, you are going to be working at any one of those locations throughout the day. If you work at the confectionery, you're dedicated to the confectionery because you are wearing a specific costume for that. You've got the chef's hat on. You're doing whatever else. Right. But the rest of it, you are on anywhere that they need you and they kind of bump you back and forth. And based on what's going on in the day, they might have more people in the toy store versus the uptown jewelers or wherever else. 
and closer to the evening, that's when it's just like all hands on deck. We're just trying to make sure that we've got enough people out there to service all the guests and keep things filled and keep things organized, keep things moving. So that was my main job. I was doing merchantainment. So I was working in the stores, doing a variety of different jobs. I made it a point to learn all the different things that were out there. So I ended up doing the merchantainment aspect of it, starting off. I learned the confectionery, confectionery aspect of it. So I learned how to make a lot of those desserts. So I was back there like making the foods and fudge, the, um, the apples, all the different candies, all that stuff. And it was, it, that part was just fun because I was like, I want to try that. So we did it. And then there was also, for the more logistical end of it, there was like the money room where we would literally just pull the tills and then count all that money throughout the day. And then that's a whole different process, which we can get into later if you want to. It's a lot. Um, and then I created a position while I was there because I realized there was this need where people were just trying to fill everything and keep things organized, but then they were also trying to service the guests. So it was something was going to fall, right? Like there was just too much to do. It was like, why don't we, there was a set costume that was for the entire park, similar to like what custodians wear, but it was just all gray. And it had like a magic kingdom castle on it. And you could go to any part of the park. I was like, why don't we just have a team that just does this? And their job is to make sure everything's organized, stocked and ready throughout the day. And then just, keep it moving so then by the time it's time to shut down for the day they're done like it's ready to go yeah, and so put this in perspective because he was telling me about this let's put this in disney store lingo for one second okay so basically imagine for a moment that you had cast members on stage whose responsibilities were to greet the guest and be a cashier at the same time or be box office at the same time and fill at the same time they were doing everything there yeah, was that's... literally no filler so he created the filler position at Walt yeah. Disney. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's, yeah, yeah. Okay. I understand that. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, it, it, you know, you, you do expect to wear a lot of hats as a Disney cast member. I'm sure it's even, even more pronounced at the parks, but I know at the Disney store, it was, again, you could, you could be one moment, you could be the greeter, then you could be kind of mid stage, then you were back at box office or filling, like all of them were different, different roles. But, but could you imagine being a stage director and not having a dedicated person filling on the bit? Like, I can only imagine the craziness of these shops is is ten times as busy even as than what Black Friday would be for us, right? Oh yeah, so yeah. I mean, well, not having dedicated fillers and you relying on the people servicing the clients to do that, like that boggles my mind. And this goes back to something that I've said for years that Disney is an entertainment company that is trying to be a retailer. Yes. Like they never ever fully grasped the idea of what it was to be a retailer ever, even up until 2022. Yeah. That was just, it was funny because like we all came from retail backgrounds. So we were used to seeing like how things would normally operate, but for them, it was the mission is give the guests the best possible experience. And, but my argument was you can't possibly give them a great experience if we don't have the stuff out there for them. Yep. And it doesn't look show ready. Like it, that's that's the key. Like if we can just do that part, everything else goes much much smoother. Hmm. Crazy. So when you and I talked, you had you had mentioned that um, there's always always cast members in the park, twenty four hours a day, seven days a yes. week at all times. Were you ever part of the cast that did anything overnight? Not overnight, but I was there extremely early, so I would get there around. Anywhere from four to six, depending on when things would come in. So what so is it like to be in the parks 
getting the 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 show ready before park opening like what and then like talk to me a little bit like what does that experience feel like what is it different than when there's people there i mean walk walk us through that yeah because there's a lot more freedom to it so i had two different jobs when i was doing that aspect of it um i started off what's called put away so basically just stocking the shelves getting things organized that part was a lot easier because it's early in the morning the only light that's out there is literally the castle just changing colors so looked amazing <laughs> you're exhausted but you can look out and like well i still have a castle right there so it's really not that bad yeah. and we'd just be in the parks and in the stores and we just bring the boxes out organize everything which you guys should know like if you work there you didn't bring the boxes out you would hide everything you pull out the pieces and then bring them out yeah early in the morning nobody's around you're just bringing out literally pallets of stuff putting it out there and then organizing it and getting it ready to go are the pallets of merchandise organized or are they like random in boxes like they would come into the disney store we would when we would get shipment every box you'd have you know 30 items in a box but two of the pieces would be dresses two of the pieces would be t-shirts two of the pieces would be a you know a buzz light year or something like how was it there it was a little bit of both so there was the boxes of just the random stuff but if it was something really popular like the monorail set that would just we'd get cases of those um so i started off doing that and then just through just talking to people i started working with the uh, visuals and design team their whole job was to make sure that the park fits the theme that they're they're following so when i was working there it was the ending of the 75 years of magic or 75 years of mickey and that was you know 75th birthday so there was a lot of mickey mouse decorations and certain color schemes that we had to follow. We were transitioning to a hundred years of magic. And that's when I started working with them and we were tasked with, here's a specific color palette. Here's a specific style that we're looking for. Go. And we just had the freedom. They didn't give you the stuff to use. You were free to kind of design or do what you wanted as long as it fit within that palette. Yes. Wow. But, But even think about that Casey, like the Disney store was the same way. Where they gave us like, okay, here's kind of where we want stuff, but we were empowered to yeah, that's change true. and yeah. do certain things based on what we thought was going to look better and sell. And as long as we could back it up, they were cool with it. I just, in my mind, like Disney World is such a destination that I, w- I would have thought that there were like down to the inch specifics about how things should look and like the windows and, and all that stuff. And it sounds like you actually had some creative freedom there. There was a ton of creative freedom because you got to think of it this way. The stores were the stores. So there were multiple and they had to do it to scale, right? Yep. We were just that one store. Yeah. So if we were doing, you know, Uptown Jewelers, it was just that one Uptown Jewelers. There was no planogram. There was no set yeah. design for it. So there's nobody else around. So we had yeah. to just make sure it fit the theme. Yeah. It, we would get the guidance. And then the two people that were really in charge of it, you know, they have design backgrounds. They've got the career. They've been doing this for their entire career. They brought me along just saying, hey, give it a shot. See what happens. If it was wrong or if it wasn't just right, they w- they had time to fix it and or adjust it beforehand. But they gave me the freedom to just go, well, what do you think we need to do with this? I was like, I think it's stupid that we have the toy store in the back and we have the marketplace up front. Shouldn't the toy store be up front, like right on Main Street? They're like, that's a good idea. Let's go ahead and get that switched out. Like, tell me what? <laughs> <laughs> so like, it was that it was that kind of freedom. And then from there, they're like, well, what do you want to do with the toy store? I was like, oh, well, I want to do this. I want to put this out here. I want to set this whole thing. Like, I just set up a whole display and I just told them what I had in mind. Within... 
honestly, within 20 minutes, there was somebody out there taking down a wall, bringing up a giant display to put up the monorail and then put up like the planes, the prop planes that would like spin around. And they just built the display based off of what my specifications were. Like I was just side by side with them. Like, where do you want this, sir? Like, yeah, sir, me, cool. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. It was just, it's that fast. They have that because they don't have much time. Like it has to be ready to go when the gates open. There's no No, room for air. Because at the Disney store, we definitely did stage sets. Like we moved stuff and had like walls destroyed while guests were in the, the, um, the store. Cause some of it was just out of necessity, but the parks, you can't do that. You can't decide at noon on a Friday, Hey, we're just going to destroy this store and redo it. Like (laughs) my favorite thing, my favorite thing is I'd come into the store at five o'clock and Matt had been working on a planogram all day. He's like, I'm taking off. This is got to clean this up now. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it, buddy. And you know, anyway, I had one excellent move in my time at the Disney store that I impressed Chris, our boss. She walked in and she was like, oh, you're done with that already? And I was like, yes, I am. (laughs) Unfortunately, what that did is she thought that I could do it that fast all the time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then I would come in and have to be like, thanks a lot, Matt. Yep. I'd have all this hardware and all this stuff. Like, okay, this, this, these seven carts need to be back stocked. (laughs) All right. So Sharif. Back to your, 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 like you're there in the morning. So Magic Kingdom opens up nine o'clock. You, you were there at four. So you're obviously working right up till park opening. Like what is the all clear call? Like when, when like if Magic Kingdom opens at nine o'clock, like when does it have, like, are you right up till nine o'clock finishing? Or Sometimes. Is- yeah. Sometimes. So we'll start seeing people coming out like before well before the time that most um, guests would start coming to the park to like wait for the for the gate, mm-hmm. um, you know, you'd see different trucks and machines out there working on the castle, painting it, cleaning it, doing whatever. So you'd wow. see these giant construction cranes out there doing whatever they're doing and just making sure everything looks right. While that's happening, we're in the stores doing whatever we're doing. While that's happening, there's a whole crew outside that's cleaning up the streets, making sure that looks good, literally wiping down the trash cans, everything. Like, they're doing everything. So at, within an hour of when the park's supposed to open, you are supposed to be winding down. You're not in the middle of a project. Like, you have to be winding down at that point. So we're doing whatever we can to finish that off. And then one of the last things that happen you'll see is you know, everyone's done. We're just making sure everything's cleared. As you hear the music start and you hear Mickey Mouse going, oh boy, like, you know, it's about to be go time. And you see the street streepers like spraying down the streets to make sure like all the crud, all this track marks, everything is off of it. And it does two things. One, you know, the streets are pristine, but two, as soon as people start walking through the gates, it creates a mist so yeah. it almost looks this it has this magical like that's what it is. It's it's us street cleaning and power washing everything. So by the time you walk in, it's just this beautiful fog effect that just looks like you're in the middle of some magical fairy land. What an, what an unintended consequence that I'm sure like they didn't go, oh, and when we power wash everything, this mist will happen. Like it, that that that's an accident. That's absolutely yeah. an accident. That is just- Knowing Disney, they probably had like specific sprayers on there to create that effect even further, though. Like, whenever <laughs> they realize it, they're like, oh, let's just amp this up. So, one of the things 
that I, I've heard, and I need you to tell me. So you had mentioned the castle. So the castle stays on the whole night. It never, it never, uh, the, the lights go off. Is it true the music just plays the whole night too? Or yes. Or does it actually turn off? Oh, no. It's it's always constantly just playing. All right. So you've got that, you've got that constant Magic Kingdom mix. All day long. You just, you, you, it's like background noise of anything else. You just don't hear it after a while. But you're not hearing like the additional overlays of other things playing. So like during the day, you know, they'll they'll announce that the trolleys are about to come out and there's going to be a show. You don't hear any of that. So it just becomes the one mundane sound. Matt, do you have any other questions for Sharif? I I, I mean a thousand of them, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I I I don't know. You know, I'd love to work for the Walt Disney Corporation or Walt Disney Company again at some point. Um, uh, in what capacity, I have no idea. It might be one of those. I, I think, honestly, my retirement plan is probably like, okay, I'm going to be the old guy at Disney that's just like the friendly old dude. That's you, kind you, of my... Yeah, you and I. I. I've already said ye old Christmas shop retirement plan for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll just be <laughs> the friendly old guys that work the Christmas shop. And, there you go. <laughs> um but, Those uh, were my favorite people. Those were absolutely my favorite people because they just didn't give a crap. And if you were having a bad day and you were stressed out, you just looked over. They're like, meh, it's all right, whatever. Older, older you mean or the Christmas shop people? The older guys, just they didn't care. I would hang out with them. I would hang out with the trolley guys. Like I would go downstairs like on a bad day. Half of them would be asleep with their hats over their faces. The other half, That's going to be me. That's going to be me. <laughs> Two of them were like playing poker or playing blackjack and they deal me in and I'm just hanging out with them. And like every once in a while, like they break into song, but it's definitely not a Disney song. <laughs> and then they pop back up and they just go like, it's the most magical aspect of it is to watch them switch. Like watching everybody go from one to the other. Like, have you guys ever watched the movie waiting? Yes. 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 So, the scene where, where what's her face goes from she's in the back and she's cussing up a sword. She comes out and goes, so how about dessert today? Yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. I love that scene. It's a great movie, by the way, too. It Kids was never to that, that extreme as far as I remember. But I mean, like, that was that was real. That was a very real thing. We'd pop up. Hey, guys, have a magical day. We all know what, real, what that really means. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, is there anything like Besides what we've covered, is there anything that would be appropriate for the pod? Let's let's, let's preface it with that. That is like that would be completely shocking for our listeners to know, like what happens behind the scenes. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. It's not necessarily inappropriate, but it it falls in line of it could ruin somebody's magic. But when it comes to Tinkerbell, when she's flying. She or he, because it's just based on size yep. and how and how light you are. And I think it's like 103, 115 pounds, something oh, like that. Dang it, I'm too heavy to be too Yeah, tall. yeah, yeah. And <laughs> gee, I'm sure you're weight. too tall, too. <laughs> I'm 5'8". <five> <laughs> yeah, you're too tall. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. there's not many things in this world that I'm too tall for. <laughs> how do you think I felt it? How do you think I felt? I was like, yeah, I'm finally too tall for something. <laughs> <laughs> But what they would do is, you know, they would hire that person. Typically, they would call them up. They would make sure that the, they weighed in properly. And if they didn't, they had a backup. You know, they'd get dressed. And then they would basically carabiner them right onto that line. Yep. When it was time to go, there were two people basically shoving them out a window. And they're flying down, right? 
the wand is taped to their hand because the last thing you want to see is a wand go flying out of her hand. Oh, man. And she's just flailing and flying directly into a couple mattresses hidden yeah. behind a wall. And it's oh just... Oh my god! Now, is it true? I had heard that that whoever is Tinkerbell, they get the final call of whether or not they go down that that zip line that night. Like, if they say no, I don't want to do it, then Tinkerbell doesn't fly that night, kind of thing. Is oh that- no, there's still a Tinkerbell. There's always going to be a Tinkerbell. They have oh. that ready to roll. There's always a backup. Okay. They're, they're all technically contract workers because I don't think Disney wants to deal with a lawsuit if any of them ever get injured. But yeah. they get paid a decent amount per flight. So I mean, you would think at this point they would just put an animatronic up there and fly. Well, you know, at with, this point, yeah. With Stuntronics, I'm curious to see how many of these roles, you know, now the Spider-Man in that you'll see in your trip to Disneyland, uh, you know, that just flies, you know, web swings over. I think I, I'm curious when they will go towards a Stuntronic of Tinkerbell. Yeah. Because like you said, like why, why risk it? Okay, the robot, you know, takes a hard fall who cares <laughs> i mean not even that like take a look at droid drones now like you could easily just fit a drone to make it look like that all you have to do is yeah. light it up the proper way yep. and then move it forward like yeah. they've, they've got the technology for it i think it's just more like this one is consistent we just haven't perfected something new yet yeah, yeah. no you're right you're right well sharif this, this I can't believe it's been an hour. Holy, I mean, it's really? literally it has been an hour, and and that is insane. Before we go, again, you you I, I see the shirt you're wearing. You guys see a shirt, friend of the pod. Yes, absolutely, friend, friend of the pod. I love it. Just for you, Casey. So, and, and you are you're a friend of the pod, even though it's your first episode with us. You you've been with us for this entire thing. So I have to ask you. You've been listening to our show, you and Aiden. Do you have a favorite show over the last two years that that you've listened Ooh. to? Our favorite episode of ours that you can think of there have been a few of them that i really like the whole series on marvel was fun just yeah, to watch it through your eyes and then just getting that organized that was a lot of, a lot of fun aiden i have to tell you his favorite episode between the two podcasts though is the long furby <laughs> have you listened to that one casey I have not. I I I I, so I don't. Now that I know what a long Furby is, I just, just I'm a little disturbed. Yeah, yeah, yes. you, you, yeah, yeah. If you Google long Furby, it is it, it will careful it going to sleep that night. Yeah, it'll give yes. you nightmares. Yes, but okay. no, that I, I'm so happy because that episode was was something we're like we should do something around the Christmas time and. Um, it, it was like one of those weird things that we had found out as like all of our facts are that we find on a discontinued on display where we go, Oh, we found out this weird fact. Um, and, and then we found someone that's actually making a long for, it was, it, it, what a crazy, crazy, crazy episode. The weirdest thing is he goes to bed listening to that regularly. Oh, I'm like, I don't, what is wrong with you? <laughs> hey, you know what? If the kids got joy, let them have his joy. Exactly. You know? that, There's worse things about. he could be listening to. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, it is closing time. Matt, how do they get a hold of us? Yes, you can uh, find us on Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. Uh, again, as Casey mentioned at the top, sorcerernetwork.com. Um, we're hoping to populate that with some more content here very, very soon. Um, I'm work. I'm working on a little like blog article type thing. I, I, I started that today, Ooh. so um, uh, it may be out by the time this uh, this episode airs. We'll see. Um, so keep an eye out for that. 
um, rate and review us, please, and uh, tell your friends. Um, I also want to shout out um, uh, the Disney trivia night that we did. Uh, we at, by, at the time of recording this, it was last night that we did it. We had a ton of fun, and if uh, any of you are new listeners from that, uh, uh, hey, you spent two hours with us and decided you wanted to listen to more of us. So <laughs> great, um, we're happy to have you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and. This episode comes out on the 8th of March, so if you're listening to this on on release date, that's when it comes out. We will have already recorded it, but our next episode next week is our two-year anniversary spectacular. And we are going to be doing something special where we are going to be releasing a link on our Facebook page for the night that we're recording. And much like Sharif is on right now, um, anybody will be able to click this link and join us for our discussion. And we're actually going to be doing a really fun little thing a you can come in and talk about maybe some of your favorite episodes that we've had over the past two years but we're actually going to have kind of a march madness kind of bracket thing going on and we're going to try to to get to the uh, different characters and disney and pixar and marvel and mcu and have them compete against one another and see who comes out on top so you'll be able to weigh in so obviously at this point that we'll have already uh, uh recorded but you'll be able to listen to it next week on the 15th just in time for our two years, which is actually the 16th or 17th. And 16th or 17th, I can never remember. But uh, it seems like we're, 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 we're coming out, knock on wood, of this this pandemic. I don't I, I don't know a, a world of the beers and ears without the pandemic. Yeah, because we literally started it the day before. <laughs> the day before we went into lockdown. So yep. it's kind of crazy to see how this two years has come. So, But anyway, let's go ahead and lift our glasses. Thank this you again, episode. Sharif, for coming yeah. on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Sharif, thank we you, really man, for listening. We love having you. And Aiden, thank you for being a listener. This episode has been on us. See you again real soon. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.